Welcome to In the Demo, a show about the stories that get told about groups, how those stories got made, what we think those stories get wrong, and why it matters. You hosts, Farah Bostic is the founder and head of research and strategy of The Difference Engine, a strategic insights consultancy focused on helping business leaders make decisions. Adam Piano, author and brand consultant and managing director of brand strategy at Arizona State University. You are now in the demo. We are back, back again to continue the conversation about sort of the current state of affairs with respect to the various generational narratives. I think I think I'm personally feeling like we should start tilting into the kind of the intergenerational thing because it is clear and we've said this before that like millennials don't exist except kind of in juxtaposition with boomers and like all of these things have to react to each other and so Gen Z totally. has to react to millennials and millennials have to react to boomers and only occasionally on TikTok do we feel like we need to react to Gen X but um <laughs> and it's ironic whenever we do well that's the only way to handle Gen X is with irony yeah, totally um that's the only way it is effective even if they can't define it in reality bites, but they can sing about it in Alanis Morissette songs. Um, and that's incorrect. Incorrectly. Well, <laughs> sometimes correctly, sometimes incorrectly. Sometimes it's not ironic. Sometimes it's just a coincidence. Um, <laughs> but anyway, one of the things that you and I both have uh, noticed is it feels like the whole thing is getting to be, it's like jumping out of the market research decks into the creative briefs and now into the ads and they're just doing it. They're just going straight at it. There's no attempt to like leverage an insight for an interesting creative idea. It's just like, let's just, let's just go straight for it with millennials be like. Yeah. <laughs> and, with uh, mixed, with right mixed results, I would say. Yes. But it does feel like it's like accelerating in some weird way. Like I feel like it's more out there in things. I was even uh, this weekend we were watching Finally, we're very behind on this. We were watching Beef, the the Netflix series. And in addition to the fact that I love both of those actors, there's like a, an explicit scene about because uh, one of the lead characters, um, Ali Wong, is uh, plays a woman who has started a business that's sort of built around essentially selling plants, house plants, just trying to sell to like a hardware store or something a bigger chain of department stores. And um, she sort of lays it out as she's pitching the business to somebody that she read somewhere that millennials were putting off having children. And so having a house plant was sort of the way that they would express their, their caretaking <laughs> instincts. <laughs> I swear I've seen this in a planning deck. Exactly. And I was like, wow, I mean, like, so this is a plot point. Like yeah. <laughs> the reason that she has this business that she really hates running is... Yeah because she read somewhere a stat about millennials. But yeah, so like, it feels like it's just like, we're all doing it now. No, no need to hide it. Let's just- uh, No, just get it out in the open. It. Let's go. Let's just do it. I mean, it's like every part of pop culture where if you remember, I always think back about this example of when MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice were on the scene. This is, I'm old, I'm Gen X. They, had, they each had a hit song and it was like, okay. And like they had the pants a little bit and then two weeks later, they both had like crossover tour and the pants were twice as low and <laughs> Vanilla Ice had epaulets hanging off his jacket and they just took it to the, they went right from like, we're at 35 miles per hour. Let's just burr, full gear. And I feel like that's what's happening with generational stereotypes in pop culture. It's just like they're getting, they're on the on-ramp and they're like, let's just go. Let's just, it's out in the open. People love it. Let's go, 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 go. Yes. To the extreme rocking a mic like a vandal. Yeah. That's what they're doing. That's, yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. You might, it's, it's too legit. You know, it's too legit to quit my friend. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> Who am I to argue <laughs> with a lyrical poet with a master plan? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. No, we are really revealing some things at this moment. Um, I have to, <laughs> yes, I have to confess, like I have such a vivid memory of babysitting my brother's friend, because my brother's four years younger than me, and I was babysitting for his friend and who had a little sister, I think. And so I wasn't really babysitting my brother's friend, but I was babysitting. The little, he was too young to look after the little sister. Whatever. It doesn't matter. 
my brother's best friend had they were both Nick. They both have the name Nick. And so the Knicks were doing something, but they were both really into that vanilla ice, ice, sure, ice baby song. Everybody was for And so they had a single, you know, they had the single of that song. Even and just singles, millennials are like, what the hell's a single? <laughs> like, well, well it's a cassette single. And they're like, what's a cassette? <laughs> <laughs> no, the old the old millennials, the newly olds. Yeah. They're down with the cassettes because they had sure. them. Um, sure. Because my brother's a millennial. <laughs> but so I was bored. There was like nothing else to do. It was middle of the day, nothing on cable. And I just sat there and I am the person who I'm, I'm extremely blind. Like, and so for some reason, <laughs> the thing that I will do is like read the shampoo bottle this close. I'm holding my hand like two inches from my face, maybe <laughs> read the ingredients list on the back of the shampoo bottle while I'm waiting for the conditioner to do its thing. Do its thing. <laughs> and so I was doing that, but with the liner notes to, <laughs> to Ice Ice Baby, oh, which is why I know all the words. Ah. No, just why I know all the words. <laughs> so there's that. And then I will also tell you that in 1989, I absolutely had hammer pants. Oh, I'm so excited for you. A hundred percent had them. I had some ridiculous clothes and things, but I don't think I ever had like full like British knights and hammer pants and the whole thing. But yeah, still yeah. saving. Still saving. <laughs> One of these days, you're going to hit that, that envelope savings goal and finally I mean, go for the harem pants. So I mean, they're very in if you're into yoga. They um, never go out. They never go out. They never go they're out. so comfortable. And you no. can really do that that slide situation, that shimmy slide that he was I don't think anybody for. wants to see me try to do that. Oh, come on. Um, but yeah, so yes, this this moment of the crossover and the going for it uh, feels feels like it's on that scale for sure. The, yeah, the so last time we started with by looking at headlines and going back to the, the news media, and I would say quote unquote journalism. <laughs> New York Post, I don't really know where it, where it fits in. <laughs> How dare you, sir? I was just listening to a clip of uh I don't know, somebody testifying before Congress and Ted Cruz went on at some length yes. about the power of the New York Post. It is like the second largest circulation of any newspaper in America. It's two hundred years old. It was founded by Alexander Hamilton. How yes. dare you, sir? Those things might be true. Post. The quality of the journalism is what I'm impugning, <laughs> not the not the sir. <laughs> yes. And who knows what, what old A dot ham would think about uh <laughs> <laughs> about the modern day post. <laughs> I think he would really get a kick out of it. Possibly true. Yeah. The guy I call it millennials be like the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> So last time we started with those fun newspaper. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yes. Last time we started with those fun headlines and we had some chuckles. And then we we've been talking about advertising and trying to do an episode to see who's who's exploiting these when all of a sudden all of our timelines were devastated by a new video of a commercial from Down Under. I'm not gonna do an accent. Um I know. For (laughs) Australian lamb? Is that, do I understand what this is for correctly? So I have a lot of questions about this, I have to admit. And I, th- my impression is that there's some kind of like lamb day. <laughs> yeah, there's like definitely a lamb day. But is it like the, like pork, it's the other white meat or beef, it's what's for dinner. Like they have the beef check, it's the American Beef Council. I'm assuming that's, it's some kind of thing like that. Australia's lamb farmers. Uh, it, I'm like it may. So every January, the lamb industry in Australia marks one of the biggest days for lamb consumption, which is Australia Day, which is January 26th. Okay. And so that's what that's for. It is sort of trying to position lamb as the national meat of Australia. (laughs) I'm really glad you just read that Um, because it makes the commercial make sense a little bit. Because I was like, what on earth are they even trying to say? Right. And because they're down under, this is like coming up on the end of summer for them. And right. so this is their end of summer holiday and everyone comes out and barbecues and lamb is the meat we can all agree on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, <laughs> I guess as you and I, I think listeners know, we were both former advertising creatives and we're both opinionated sods. And I'm like, never. we'll get into definitely the insights that they pick at. And it's funny. You know, we're going to have to pay a royalty to Dave Trott now. Because yeah, we, we do owe him probably. And uh, 
<laughs> isn't it, isn't that his? Is that no? Is it Rob Campbell who's the musings of an opinionated sod? Who's the musings of opinionated sod? It's all of them. But like it's literally the name of their. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll link to oh, it as a as a. I'm gonna feel uh, bad. It's Rob Campbell. Rob, I'm sorry. Also, Rob used to live in Australia. I think he may live there now. Possibly, I think that's right. Like he'd gone back to England for a while. He was in Singapore for a while. So he might he might know about this better than I do. But I guess my first challenge to the the ad as I watched it, it was confusing to me that we need a consensus meet. like i'm like it seems like they're positioning it as the meat that brings people together but like right the hot grill this kind of does that (laughs) yes fire tends to bring people together right um, all on its own yes there are a hundred slide decks that say the same thing that people love to gather around campfires Mm -hmm. you know storytelling so the lamb (laughs) council uh or whatever the australia lamb industry tv commercial yes We'll play a little audio here, I think. Good morning, Bermatown. It's a beautiful day to be 60 to 78 years young. Here's another gold moldy. Your phone charge is on. Your phone charge is on. Have a house. Lovely. Your phone charge is on. Careful, Seymour. Watch out for the generation gap. I wonder how they're going over there. Yeah, bloody Gen Zs. Just remember, we're the ones that invented your precious World Wide Web. Seymour! Oh, classic boomers, making the gap bigger. They'd understand if they just listened to us. Yeah, season one was better. Hey, do you think all this screen time is adversely affecting our social skills? Well, it could be worse. We could be in our early 30s. Hey, millennials are still cool, right? Morning. So not slay. Are we saying slay now? Slay. 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 I just feel like no one pays attention to Gen X. We've got so much to... I don't care what they do. Just not in my backyard. They essentially make each generation divided by a fissure in the earth a physical breaking apart of the earth, putting people into their own generational neighborhood. And you Mm -hmm. see the earth split. Yes. And within each little quadrant, you see the boomers acting extremely boomerish and not understanding millennials. You see the millennials acting extremely millennial. You see the Gen (laughs) Xers. Also like hilariously, they are in their thirties now and they are at a climbing gym and they're not sure if we're saying slay or not. That, that was the like, funniest I thought bit. that was a millennial thing. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe it's not a thing in Australia. Who knows? And then as in TikTok, the Gen Xers are sort of treated for the laugh of like, oh, nobody even talking about us. We're, right. we're also here. Like, <laughs> they we, keep we getting would cut also off. Like, <laughs> like they start a line of dialogue and the, co- the camera cuts back to... Which tells you who the creatives were. You know yeah. that they're Gen Xers. <laughs> Absolutely. What did you, how hard did you laugh when you saw this? Well, first of all, I, I want to thank my my good friend, Alistair Kroll, a good Canadian, um, who, uh, and a good friend of mine who sent me this thing and was like, you have to do an episode about this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the content gods definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if. Answer like, our prayer. We should find out who the agency is actually behind this ad and reach out to them and be like, you guys listening? It's so nice. It's so, so flattering. Um, so I, I mean, I watched it and I was just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> just going for it. What we're going to do is like, here are four-ish personas of each generation and we're just going to do it. We're just going to like pl- ham it up and, and have that be, <laughs> or lamb it up, I guess, in this context. And like the visual metaphor of the plates, you know, the, the earth parting between the two of them. And then they have to find some sort of common ground. And it's like, I also spend too much time on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> They're shouting across the chasms at one another. And, and I think the other thing that was interesting was, like it really was kind of up to the the Gen Zers, I think, and the 
boomers to find common cause to start bringing it all back together. Like they're the ones who sort of initiate the desire to, um, to, to try to stitch the earth back together again and come closer. And of course, the other thing is like the, the barbecue itself is out on its own little island. The barbecue belongs to no generation, Adam. And yeah. it is timeless. It is for all of us. And so if they could just get back to the barbecue and the lamb that is on the Something barbecue. Something I definitely noted. Yeah, the, the responsibility really falls on the boomers to figure out how to bring everybody together, which kind of yes. tracks with your who's probably planning this event in a family situation. Right. But also they're longing for like, I wish things could be the way they used to be. And then everybody gets there. And kind of the summation of the spot is everybody's like, oh, it is better when we go back to how it used to be all around the, the barbecue together. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking... The message here is the boomers are right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As ever. (laughs) They're buying the meat. So you have to show up at their house. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if we, if we, if we want to stick to a millennial or, you know, sort of oriented narrative, they're the ones with houses that have yards. And so they have to host lamb day (laughs) or Australia. You know, that's an interesting point. Everyone else is sort of shown like the millennials are shown in a climbing gym. The um, gen, Bloody Gen Zs, as they're referred to, are Gen Z. um, standing in front of an outdoor mall, just sort I think of looking. So. At- yeah, but like, yeah, but like looking at their devices. Yeah, yeah. And then the Gen Xers are—are are they doing yoga or something, or what are they doing? I think they. Well, a, a couple of them are just like sitting in their on driveways on, yeah. on 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 like lawn chairs. <laughs> Aimless. <laughs> it tracks. I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> you know, just a little ghetto. Like that's that's kind of the vibe. Like, yeah, you know, they're probably doing just fine. Um, but they're they're not the ones with the big manicured lawn. They're they're Correct. sitting on the on the on the driveway. It's chock full of jokes. I yes. can't remember a funnier, like the pace of it and the number of of laughs and the number of jokes that it squeezes into whatever sixty seconds is pretty remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. nonstop. I mean, it, it plays like a it plays like a funny or die sketch. It does, it, and and like that is also the other thing that I'll just sort of say. Like I again, not particularly familiar with the um, with the universe of of Australian advertising, but this feels, you know, the other one you shared with me was two minutes long, which of course would be an incredibly expensive buy that no one would make uh, in the right. U.S. The generations one is three minutes. <laughs> Oh, it's that long? Yeah. It's three I think in my minutes. mind, I was so, just plugging it into a media space. What I would imagine is that this is the viral version that they put online. Yeah. And there's probably a cut down version that's I'm, 40 years. Yes, there's almost certainly, yeah, 60s and 30s going around. This is probably cinema, is my guess. This is something you're going to see before a movie when you go to a movie theater in Melbourne or wherever you are. Or shout out to Perth. I've got some friends in Perth. Um, nice. <laughs> um, but like, that is. Uh, it is action-packed. It, like, it is full. It is just joke after joke after joke. And every last one of them leverages a generational trope about each of the four generations featured. Do you, you know, we were making fun of the post just before we started talking about this. And it, the spot opens with a, a, a boomer, you know, a clearly senior boomer mm-hmm. riding a bicycle as a paper boy. Mm-hmm. Throws a newspaper and the headline says newspapers still relevant is the headline on newspapers and then a lawnmower <laughs> goes right over it. <laughs> so I saw this. I did not get this gifted to me by my friend from Canada. I just saw it in on LinkedIn in my feed. And it's um, someone said, I can't believe the year is already the best commercial of the year has already come out on January 10th or whatever. Yeah. And I so I had went in totally blind. I did not know what it was for. Even at the end of the spot, I was still like, what was what was it for though? Is that like is there right. a Toyota logo in there somewhere? Like what am I what did I miss? Yeah. And I had to watch it three times before I was like, I think it's for the lamb. I'm pretty yes. sure it is for the lamb. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be. But there's so many jokes you can definitely go back and watch how they ping pong off of each generation having fun with itself. Nobody's mm-hmm. really making fun of the other ones. They're more acknowledging how they're alike. Yes, I mean that, that's certainly how they, they they that's how it all gets resolved, right? Like there there are these comments at the beginning about no one pays attention to us, you don't really understand us, you don't listen to us. That that stuff is happening. You blame us for everything, whatever. And then like the coming back together is the we actually have more in common than we think. It's an interesting, you know. It's also very interesting because I'm trying to think about 
I guess we sort of have a raft of these for the Super Bowl, but we don't really have like a national advertising event that we all look forward to in the way that evidently this is. Australia Day clearly has this lamb ad. And then obviously in the UK at Christmas time, you have the, the John Lewis ads for, for the John Lewis department store, which are always lovely and tear jerky and that sort of thing. Although, I don't know, my, my sense was no one was that enthusiastic about this year's John Lewis ad. <laughs> this is the first year I can't remember seeing anybody share it. Yeah. I don't even know if they made one. I should look that up. But like that kind of idea of we, we have to we all have this sort of tentpole event that is about us all coming together in some way. And the John Lewis ad is not that like it's it's not, you know, there is some sort of sense of this is a special time of year that we all engage in something family oriented or reestablish a sense of wonder or whatever those kind of themes of Christmas. But Australia Day is like its own whole thing. And even like mm-hmm. The Super Bowl is not comparable. The Super Bowl is just a day where people spend a lot of money on advertising because it <laughs> football is the thing that drives television viewership now. And uh, I don't know if I don't know if you are uh, following all of Taylor Lawrence's great videos on Instagram and TikTok and stuff, but she had this great pie chart that was like, what are people watching on broadcast television? It was like <laughs> 72% of the, the viewing hours were football. football. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was like football highlights. Yeah, but it's also interesting to think about having some kind of, even like, I don't know, 4th of July or whatever is not that. It is not, we don't make ads that are about communities coming all back together. And But Australia has a couple of these things. Election Day is like this in Australia, where um, everybody goes back to where they're from because that's where they're registered to vote. And they vote and they set up barbecues in the election lines and they have a party and people go down to the beach. And it's like, that's it's like a whole, such a lovely idea, it's a whole very Australian thing to do. But yes, I mean, it's it's a it's quite a piece. And then you shared today, uh, I guess, last year's was it last year's one that was I think the it was maybe World from Religions. 2018, 2017. Yeah. Oh, 2017. So maybe an right. annual thing, but yeah. Uh, yes. A- apparently it is an annual thing. And that one is also worth watching. It's uh, a, a bunch of people gathered around on Australia Today. The people all happen to be the gods of all of the religions you can possibly imagine, including one that apparently worships aliens, one that worships Jedis. <laughs> there's, there's a Jedi there. Um, Did you just catch and there's a... L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, that was my <laughs> that was my favorite in his little captain suit. I was like, what on earth is who is that guy? Who's is that captain? I'm like doing the mental math of like, is that Captain Kangaroo? I know. What is that? And then he revealed, he's like, you should take this pamphlet. I was like, oh, good. Very clever. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> but I think what's what's fascinating about about it. Like, obviously, the themes of these ads are like, this is the thing that we can all agree on, right? The, the theme of the gods of the world one was lamb is allowed in all of the world's major religions yes. as a meat you can eat. I, I'm sure that we're leaving some religion out that's purely vegetarian. But in any case, and, I, you know, and who knows, do, do the Jedi eat lamb? Is there lamb? in the universe that George Lucas created. This is not for me to decide. Um, I'm sure Reddit <laughs> has a view about this and I'll, I'll, I'll ask them later. But in any case, like this, it's an interesting thing that like previously you'd leverage the idea of like, well, we're all different religions. And actually they make the point in that ad that uh, no religion at all is the fastest growing religious identity in Australia. But nevertheless, we're all going to come together and eat lamb because that's the thing that even the non-religious agree with. And this is this is about bringing us all back together. The other ads that we have seen aren't trying to do that, right? They're not trying to tell a story about actually we all have more in common than we think. And um, and we can bridge these divides of generational difference. No, not at all. Instead, they really want to they really want to drill in on the differences. Do you want to talk about this? so? Uh, what listeners should know is that Fair and I have a very active Slack channel um, with Ashley, who who produces the show with us, and uh, she is the victim of a lot of our back and forth Slack. <laughs> she Farah has sent me this one commercial, this next one. I, I don't know how many times you've sent it to me and been like, "Have you seen this? Have you seen this?" <laughs> it outrages me anew, and I forget. <laughs> I'm like, I, I still I, hate I, it. I still hate <laughs> it every time. Don't send it to me again. Yeah, this this is meet the Jennifers. I think is is more or less what what it's. Uh, That's correct. What it's called. It now, is. Now, why don't you from, tell them what the Jennifers' last name or initial? Yes. Is? So the, the, the we have the meet the Jennifers. 
Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z. Each planning their future through the Chase mobile app. Gen X is planning a summer in Portugal with some help from J.P. Morgan Wealth Plan. Let's go, Whiskers. Gen Y is working with a banker to budget for her birthday. He only turned 30 once. And Gen Z, her credit's golden. Hello, new apartment. And Not Gen Z, which would be great if it was bloody Gen Z. <laughs> bloody Gen Z. My favorite. I'm getting that tattooed on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it's for J.P. Morgan Chase. That, that's the that's the brand behind it. That one Chase Bank. is funny because it again, it's just like baldly saying, "We are now going to give you stereotypes about the generations in a very thinly veiled, quote unquote, clever way." Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's also you know again, one thing to remember is these are all women, as near as I can tell, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about this, maybe I'm misremembering this. Gen Y and Gen Z are single or appear to be single in so. the ads. It's unclear to me if Gen X is uh, is single, but I think she is too. Well, they're all shown single yes. and like doing the next step and whatever the next step is. So a funny thing that I caught was Gen Z is um, using JP Morgan Chase's uh, app because, you know, they're digital natives. Digital right. natives. right. Right. And she's using that to improve her credit to get her first apartment. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Gen, Gen Y is using their budgeting app to plan for her birthday because you only turn 30 once. Oh, that's- <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is the saddest commentary of all time on this entire generation. And poor Jen. I mean, she poor seems Jen. happy. She yeah. Seems happy. And Gen X is planning a trip. Right, she's Correct. she's going somewhere exciting and exotic. Um, banks used to be for like saving money for your entire life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was when there was a future. That was when there was a future. Exactly. We're not we're not doing that anymore. What a I time! Mean, my impression of it was that like Gen X probably already owns her apartment, and now what she's doing is just like planning a trip. She's going to put it on a credit card. It's going to be a Chase credit card. And then Jen Y is the one that feels like, hmm, not sure if she owns or not, because she's only just now, she's 29. She's about to she's turn saving 30. saving for a birthday. And she's party. saving up for a birthday party, which apparently is going to be a real wingding. And, no, it's uh, just a Peter Piper pizza. It's just <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> lunch buffet for my seven friends, $18. Here we go. But I mean, like, my guess months. is, <laughs> my guess is this birthday party is going to be done for the gram. It is going to be oh, yeah. millennial yes. pink and like that kind of rose gold situation. There's going to yeah. be a lot of photo op kind Fake of grass on the wall behind them with neon. Yeah. It's going to have one of those like cool balloon archway things oh, yeah. that you have to spend hours setting up, like uh, but you can buy a kit for apparently. Um, like there are going to be a lot of Etsy purchases along the way to this birthday party. <laughs> Single use Etsy, which is very responsible. Totally. So, so I've read somewhere though that um, you probably have never read this, that millennials really are more into experiences. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's why it's about a party. This is the experience she's going to have with her friends. You could, pr- you know how many meetings they probably had to have in pre-production about that? Like, now, is that enough? Of it? How are we going to get across this key insight? She doesn't want things. No, no. No. I also want to know, like, is is the millennial who's about to turn 30 the bulk of the millennials? I don't think that's true. They're, they're, those are the last of the millennials at this point. I think that's the youngest of the millennials, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the people born in 96 are 27 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like 27, 26? So Maybe like, J.P. Morgan Chase just wants to get them planning for that 30th. You know, the traditional 30th birthday party that we all throw. That we all throw. We cook lamb. Um, <laughs> I wish that was together. true. It's called the Jedi, the bloody Gen Z party. <laughs> the bloody Gen Z party, exactly. But yeah, it's very like, don't get too aspirational for those those Gen Y. But the Gen Z are like, I'll take it <laughs> for like a really nice apartment that they're going to rent apparently by themselves. Yeah, and what city like, do you think that is when you watch that commercial? Oh, it's not New York, that's for sure. I have no idea. But maybe like Sarasota because it's like a three bedroom and she's like. <laughs> it's it's huge. And and yeah. and I, again, I'm like, where are the roommates? And it's enough to make you think because it's a bank ad, it's enough to make me think, is this 
21-year-old putting a down payment on an apartment or is she renting? But she's checking her credit score. Like that that is the thing she's doing. So I assume it's more about the rent. But again, where are the roommates? Yeah. Do you think it's telling? Mm. J.P. Morgan Chase, lovely history of helping uh, Americans and especially middle-class Americans. Do you think it's telling that they're like, oh, these, this gen? Fucked. She's just planning a birthday party. Just, just be happy that you're having a birthday. Yeah. We haven't bought those back from you yet. You're still allowed to have them. Yeah. I thought that was, I was like, wow, that's kind of a, that's kind of a swipe. Yeah. I mean, the thing that was odd to me about that ad is it seemed like it was trying to do a portfolio of services play. So like you yeah, can track your sure. credit, you can use your credit cards, you have a savings account. I, I think that's what they were trying to suggest. Like, but it was not totally clear what the financial services being provided or offered besides the credit check were. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, like, I'm, I'm not totally clear on what they were trying to do with that. I think they were trying to appeal clearly to women. They were clearly trying to be as inclusive as possible about the types of women that they were representing. So there's a lot of diverse, you know, not a not a repeat ethnicity among the three. And they were all kind of... <sighs> You know, <laughs> saving up for a birthday party, uh, you know, maybe not. But like the aesthetics of the ad are all three of them are quite aspirational. Like they're all clearly employed. <laughs> they yes. all clearly have some money. And so it, it does feel like we're trying to appeal to, broadly speaking, younger women, meaning not retirees and right. or people nearing retirement. And we're not even talking about planning for retirement. I think one of the other interesting things about it, because it's positioned towards women, this is a quick aside, is that traditionally, like you said, bank advertising has been about mortgages and retirement and investment, mm-hmm. not spending. Um, spending is for credit card advertising. But the other thing I would say is that not a lot of that advertising is aimed at women under whatever, 55 plus. Yeah. And so this is different. It is definitely trying to appeal to women 50 and younger um, or 45 and younger, I guess, which is why even like the Gen X feels a little like a stretch. <laughs> like I don't know. Again, depends on when you want to start the clock on Gen X, I guess. But if we're starting it in 1979, then sure, we got a few more years on that. So it's the younger end of Gen X. It's the younger end of Gen Y. It's the older end of Gen Z. These are like prime spending years. We're acknowledging that women work. We're acknowledging that women, especially in their younger years, make, you know, in white collar work tend to make in the first like five years of your career, white, white women will make more than white men. And then about five years in it flips pretty radically. But so there's some sort of acknowledgement there of like, hey, they have money to spend. And also that it is a real drag that women always get the messaging that when it comes to their finances, it's eat your peas, eat your peas, eat your peas. It's like save money, don't take risks, invest against the S&P, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that's it. And men are getting marketed Robinhood and crypto and all of you know, the fun stuff. That's the vibe anyway in like financial products. <laughs> At the very least, like crypto has not been trying to get a lot of women. They generally kind of go more for, for dudes. Yeah, and so the kind know, of riskier only- financial products approach men for a variety of reasons. Um, I did a project years ago for my friend Jane Barrett, who started a company called Goldbean and then um, sold it. But it was all about this idea of kind of amateur investing and a kind of, you know, reasonable way of getting into it and kind of a very Warren Buffett approach, which was buy stock in companies you understand. And so mm-hmm. let's look at what you spend your consumer dollars on. And here's how you can buy fractional shares in those companies. So you spend a lot of money at Whole Foods, buy stock in Whole Foods. You spend a lot of money at Apple, buy stock in Apple. And then you get like a little piece back of all of your money that you spend on new Apple products every year or whatever. It was a very good idea, but it was so rooted in this idea, particularly of women get financial advice that is very much about risk aversion. Mm-hmm. And if men get any financial advice at all, it's not necessarily all about that. It is about you got to get in the market. You got to, you know, you got to whatever, buy a house that you're going to flip, whatever. Like that, that's more the kinds of more, more sort of advice that, that men get. Men can only try to 10x things. Oh, yeah. No, we got to. We're not 10xing it. It's like, what are we even doing? <laughs> I ain't even it. lift, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I'm mm. sorry. Wah, wah. <laughs> but it was fascinating doing interviews because we did interviews with 
individuals. And then we also did interviews with couples. And Mm. it was fascinating how particularly like millennial couples, the guys had some very definite views about whether or not women, beginner investors, should be doing this at all. Like there was just sort of like, "Mm, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be putting money in an index (laughs) fund, 401ks, IRAs, mutual funds maybe on the outside. Do you think that's a a product of a generation of marketing? Because like what else would that, where else would that idea come from? I, I mean, probably it's also a little bit of experience of like, these were people who had enough income that it made sense for them to be thinking about, you know, investing at all. And I suspect given some of the people that we interviewed that the guys grew up in households where dad handled the money um, Mm. and mom handled the household. And, you know, so you know, the old sort of stereotype of dad makes the money, mom spends it, <laughs> um, that that was still kind of alive in their experiences. Like, I think the the thing that we always have to remember, regardless of like wokeness and <laughs> this other sort of social commentary, <laughs> is we're just really not that far away from a period in the world where like women couldn't get credit cards on their own. Like it that's the 1970s. That yeah, yeah, it's the 1970s. So I think like some of it is marketing and some of it is just social reinforcement of that's not what women do. Why would women do that? And and also I think a kind of, here's another weird analogy. Years ago, I did work for FootJoy, the golf shoe brand. Sure. And we talked to golfers of various levels of avidity and <laughs> how much they, they golf. And there was a real feeling, particularly among young men who had oh, just no. taken up golfing, that they had not earned the right to have proper golf shoes. They weren't good enough golfers to buy the dry joys. And it was just sort of fascinating. It was like, no, you got to earn your way in. You got to play enough golf. You got to get good enough. You got to get your handicap down. And then you can buy the good shoes. And I'm like, but why would you, like, I don't know. Like, the women were all like, no, I'm not walking that far in uncomfortable shoes. What are you talking about? (laughs) But, like, women have a different orientation about shoes. Was it just the shoes or did that apply to clubs and other equipment as well? Well, yes and no. I think drivers sit in their own category because like (laughs) this was before the rollback on how big the Big Bertha can get. But like there was a real sense of like, well, no, those are those help you up your game. But there's some sort of status that you have to cross a threshold before you should you should show up on a course with shoes that suggest you golf a lot when maybe you golf once a month, which in my (laughs) mind is still a lot of golfing. But like um, for for them, it was some sort of, you've got to earn your way in. And I wonder if there isn't some sense of that as well when it comes to investing that like, no, you have to be wealthy. Like, and, and there is a cultural narrative of you need to have six months of savings. You need to have your bills all paid on time. You need to watch your credit score. And only once you have achieved all of those things, should you start playing the market. Yeah. You yeah, match, match, maxing out the employer match on your 401k, which, haha, assumes you are not part of the gig economy <laughs> mm. <laughs> and have an employer who matches your 401k. So <sighs> some of this ad feels like it's acknowledging all of that, that like, I don't know, investing may not be top of mind for these customers who are nevertheless valuable customers to chase because women do tend to... <laughs> be more risk averse, tend to be sort of better credit risks, even though they also tend to have lower credit scores than men. Um, they're not actually risky um, for for banks to give credit to, uh, but you can basically pink tax them by charging them higher interest rates. It's funny, The I guess we picked two that are kind of adjacent to investing and in, in financial with, with, I don't know where exactly the next company sits, but they also do a, a look at generations they're doing a comparative thing, but it is more showing the experience of buying your first home. Yes. And so Coinbase has a spot. Get a job, save a little, take out a mortgage, buy a house. Get a job, save a little, take out a mortgage, buy a house. Get a job, save a little, take out a mortgage, buy a house. Get a job, save a little, apply for a mortgage, get a second job, get some roommates, rent a house. Realize the only generation that's going to fix this is yours and start building. And they flip scene to scene to scene in front of what looks like the same house over time. And they go back to the 50s or 60s and they show a family there. There's a narrative that says, 
save a little money, put down a down payment, buy a house, something like that. Mm-hmm. Then they cut to the next family that's buying the house from them. And then the next family that's buying the house from them in the 80s. And then it shows what is a current generation, I don't know, millennial or Gen Z. I guess it's they're trying to get that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And they say, save a little money. Realize you can't get a down payment. Get 17 roommates. Uh, mm-hmm. And it shows them all kind of moving in. And it's like, and rent a place. Find a place to rent, I think is what they say. And it shows them all moving in. And then, so that that part of the spot, I think, is pretty intriguing. Like, that's undeniably the experience that a lot of younger people are having. I mean, that's an experience I had. Mm-hmm. Just even as a Gen X, going back and when we bought our first house. The fear, the um, playing into that fear, playing into that insecurity of like, is the down payment even going to be enough for me to qualify? You know, right. that but it feels it's much more real and much more true based on what home prices are in the most desirable areas for people that Mm -hmm. even if you are able to save, if you're able to save that much money based on cost of living, can you even generate enough funds to get a down payment in one of those areas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the Coinbase ad is very interesting because I think it's, it's dealing with a couple of things. One is the, you know, it's getting harder to afford a house sort of fact, right? <laughs> Which is interesting in a few ways. So one is, and we've talked about this previously, I think, that homeownership, like the, the narrative that millennials still don't own their homes is getting harder to sell because yeah. I think we've now crested like 50% of millennials are homeowners. Yeah, we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Yeah, and so there's, you know... <laughs> There there are some things about that. Obviously, I think one of the things that accelerated homeownership was, I think, a little bit of a sense of being forced to. Like, you know, people in the pandemic feeling like, I got to get out of this apartment. I got to get into a bigger place because I've got kids or I want to have kids or I'm about to have kids. Or I'm going to be in here 40 hours a week when I used to never be here. Yes. And I have friends who bought little brownstones or little row houses or whatever in um in the city or in Brooklyn who spent a significant part of the pandemic trying to trying to make it work for their family of four you know that that previously it was fine cuz the kids were at school or pre or preschool all day and the adults were at work all day and so it didn't matter that much that the house was too small all we're going to do is sleep and eat here and all of a so sudden like, you're on top of each other yes, all, day all the time and you know we're doing school we're doing activities we're doing work we're on conference calls this this is too small to sustain and so you have to make this choice of like well are you going to move to a different market where maybe you can afford a bigger house or are you going to stay where you are? The other thing that happened just briefly, like in, in in the part of Brooklyn I used to live in, was a lot of people left. And when they left, the rents dropped a little bit. And so people who wanted bigger apartments, which Carroll Gardens Brooklyn tends to have, good-sized floor-through Brook, uh, brownstone apartments, they were available. Some of them are in corners. Some of them had yards or access yeah. to, to the to a garden. And so and that became- And swings back and forth. Yeah, became extremely attractive. So there's something interesting in this ad about like it 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 ignores the fact that a lot of I, I, I agree with you. It feels like it kind of skips millennials in a way. Like it kind of does Gen X, and then it goes okay, and then and then and now twenty somethings. And right. the implication about it is that somehow that working her butt off Gen you know old Gen Z or young millennial whatever she is ought to be able to afford a place on her own and kind of the extended because of the rest of the way the sequence works she should be able to buy that house and i'm like she can't be more than 25 26 years old why on earth would she think she should be able to buy a house like that's just not the age at which this happens in most places yeah, it's closer to 30 and has been for a really long time like yeah and when decades. you and when you start pulling at it it's like does she have to buy a house does it have to be that house yeah. Could she buy an apartment? Could she buy a condo? Could she buy a house a couple blocks over? Could she buy something else? Like just because this linear path of the commercial shows you the same type of family buying it, but then they also show her and she's a single person. Yes. Which is also a distinction that they don't, they don't account for in their storytelling. Right. Like, I don't know. I'm seeing two adults and a child in each of the other scenarios. Maybe they're both earning money. I don't, I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, when you go through the progression of it, you start in the 1950s, and it's a young white couple 
um, who look like they're already doing okay. She's got the pearl necklace and the nice coat. Um, and then we go to the 1970s, I guess, and that's now a family with a seven or eight year old. Yeah, and then we get to the 90s and it's a black couple, no children. And then we get to this, I don't know, you know, 20 something who's selfieing in front of a house that's for rent. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, you know, like the first the first couple is obviously white. The second couple, maybe one of them is Hispanic maybe, maybe or not, something. Yeah. The third couple, the guy's black. The woman is maybe mixed race or something. And then the the final cluster is, you know. A Benetton ad. So it's, you know, 25 year exhausted looking 25 year olds of a variety of racial backgrounds. And so there's also kind of like a weird message there too, right? Of like, somehow this house has also become less valuable over time. Right? Which is weird. Like, it is weird. Either it's become less valuable over time, or it's more valuable as a rental property. Yeah, right. Yes. And we know that the value of that house could have only increased. Yes. <laughs> so, so the black couple a, in the 90s still own site. that house, and are but have moved elsewhere. Hopefully have like upgraded to an even nicer house or a better place to live or whatever. Yeah. And no, now they're, they're empty nesters and they're house. renting it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're renting it out. They, you know, we didn't see them having any kids, but you know, whatever. Maybe they got divorced. Who knows? Anything's possible. But so... Yeah, it's like a weird narrative. It's a really weird story. And again, like the interesting thing about it, you're, you're right to kind of juxtapose it against Chase because Chase is saying, we're not going to bother you about retirement or saving for a mortgage Don't or anything about that. that. Just like credit scores and saving and using a credit card to go on a trip. It's fine. You know, like real life, normal day to day stuff. Meanwhile, the Coinbase ad is like, you need to 10x your life so that you can get what you really want. And like, there's no reason why at 25, you shouldn't be able to afford to buy this crappy house <laughs> that's passed through so many hands before yours. And it is, it is pitted. Like it, it is like the interesting thing. And so we start with lamb where it's like, oh, we all don't get along. And okay, we, we do have a lot in common. Let's get back together. The thing Gen we X, Gen Y, Gen Z. Yeah. Well, it's got the lamb. Uh, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z has, you know, we're not, we're not pitting them against each other. They're just at different stages of life with different things that they're spending money on. And in fact, it's not even all that clear that they are significantly different in their kind of financial security or, or achievement level. <laughs> um, right. And they all do share an elevator. They do all seem to share an elevator. <laughs> this is true. Okay. It's true. And a very fancy elevator. Um, yeah. And then this one, though, is back to pitting generations against each other that like this is how it was and it's not like that anymore and that is unfair and you are getting screwed and, and so, so the you only need to rebuild you... the system it says yes, which i think is hilarious it's like with coinbase like, yes <laughs> so if i put my money in there instead of b of a Something different happens and read the system is different. Well, the, the other exciting new thing is uh, the SEC has basically been forced to allow I know. <laughs> Coinbase to have an ETF where they were like, you are essentially buying shares in, in crypto stocks and not yeah. in crypto. <laughs> like you're buying it. Uh, Which I think is good because as we all know, they're carefully regulated. Yes. Well, well, ETFs are more regulated than the other things have been up to this point. Yeah. It's a it's a real it's a real mess out there. I think is the lesson. So yes, so we're 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 charting a path towards confrontation here. Then you have one that that's a special favorite. <laughs> oh, been on the this is one of the most annoying years. spots that I've seen in years. It, it's still running, I think, but it might be a little it's older than the other ones, that's for sure. It is by the, the my favorite company called Tide Detergent. <laughs> and it shows a boomer couple. Yes. And it's like the most TV commercial, TV commercial of all time for this time and place. It shows a boomer couple and the man is folding laundry because as we all know in commercials, men do all the housework cheerfully. Cheerfully, yeah. He's doing yeah. it with his with his boomer wife, but yes. Yeah. She's more in the background and occasionally laughing at his quips. But he is saying, Oh, when my I don't remember the dialogue. I apologize. But he's basically like, my kids moved in with their kids. And now I have to do so much laundry. And that's why we use Tide because it goes further. And he's like, 
the well, kids yeah. are running back and forth and like covered in grape juice. And yeah. then the, the, his, his daughter or son comes in and they're like sort of absent mindedly doing whatever they do while the kids run amok in the house. And it's like, Oh, okay. I see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Boomers save the day again. And they get yes. their kind of we're tied. It, it's doing so many things because it is it is like grandma is like, well, when our daughter moved back in with us, you know, the, all this laundry increased. And then, da- you know, grandpa comes in and he's like, let me mansplain to you about detergent. <laughs> like, <laughs> the cheap detergent we were buying before is mostly water. Luckily, and if you know anything about water, yeah. it doesn't get clothes clean. <laughs> Luckily, I stepped in and did some chemistry. Yeah. Like, turns what out, I figured out was more soap is good. <laughs> yes. When our daughter and her kids moved in with us, our bargain detergent couldn't keep up. Turns out it's mostly water. So we switched back to Tide. <laughs> like this, I'm sorry, this ad is going hard. Boomers negging millennials. That is what is oh happening my God. in this ad. Yeah. It's like, oh, we just moved back in so my parents would take over parenting. And yeah. she's she's clearly got a Tinder date. You know, like... <laughs> It's the most, you wish there was a subtitle underneath that says like, bitch be neglecting her kids. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, kids, come down and and talk to grandma. She grabs the sweater and she's, oh. Exactly. Yes. She, she, yes. It's It's unclear what the article of clothing is, but yes, she's, she is piecing out within the first three seconds. Yeah. By four seconds in, she's gone. That's the end of her. And it's just, yeah. It <laughs> And she had been using, I think the other implication is, I, I miss uh, explain the ad as I'm watching it here in real time. Grandma says she was using the bargain detergent. Oh. But I know because I'm an experienced I'm dialed caretaker. In. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know I'm what I'm doing. connected to things. Yeah. And then grandpa's like, that's right, honey. It's the Chris Rock line of, I take care of my kids. Like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it is kind of that wisdom. It's, it's in some ways, this is full circle. This is pretty close to the lamb spot because the boomers are very much like young people don't know how to take care of anything. Right. She doesn't say it that way, but she does say like she was using the bargain detergent. Mm-hmm. And as everybody knows, only a fucking moron would do that. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well play Russian roulette, jerk. I mean, I feel validated <laughs> that I I buy Tide. Um, yeah. Which... yeah. And I used the bargain kind until I saw this commercial. And then. Oh, boy. You know, well, he explained it to me. And I was completely like, oh. reevaluated your life choices, made you reappraise your marriage, <laughs> um, all of that. Like really, no, I'm on my third it. my third wife now because of this commercial. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. Um, new wife's great. She loves well, Tide. Oh, see that that's the foundation of a successful marriage. Is agreeing <laughs> on the detergent. Do we agree on the same detergent? Yes. So I, I think like again, like I think what's interesting here we have sort of a I mean that you're right I think that adds 2020 is when mm. it launched. Yeah, published in. It's still in, running. Though. I know it. I, oh, I'm sure it is. It I'm sure we me. have seen it. Sachi uh, created that one. None have been identified. Oh, wait. Yeah. No, no, no identified agency for the Coinbase ad, <laughs> but I bet we could figure it out. And then our Australian Lamb Day. And then obviously the um, the JP Morgan Chase one. Uh, the, the Australian Lamb ad was done by an agency called The Monkeys. The Monkeys. That's a great yep. name for an agency. It is. Um, and then... Oh, here it is. Uh-uh. How and Gary Bowen did the uh, J.P. Morgan Chase bot. Okay. Well, hey, Jane. Jane used to be um, COO of McGarry Bowen. Yeah. So you know, I think there's, uh, you know, <laughs> th- this is a kind of classic advertising thing. For those of you who are not in advertising, one of the things about it is you get some kind of briefing document from the clients. They tell you who they think their audience is. You go have a think about it. And then you write a creative brief and you give that to the creative team. And you, in this case, is either an account person or an account person and a strategist or the strategist. It depends on how the agency is set up. And that person goes and writes this creative brief that is meant to give the creative team something they can chew on to come up with the campaign. The the basic information they need. Yes. But it is a trope in advertising that sometimes 
the strategist's presentation <laughs> ends up being the ad. And like, if you've ever been um, <laughs> in like a subway station or a bus shelter or a train station, uh, this I feel like is especially true in London. <laughs> like you see an ad and you're like, that's just a slide out of a PowerPoint presentation. Right. <laughs> like it, it has all yeah. the hallmarks of being a PowerPoint slide. Someone just like took the, <laughs> took the insight creative motivation sort of line this works. and, and took a better photo. This is fine. We'll just, yeah, exactly. We'll just yeah. do a higher res. <laughs> yeah. And like that, that happens a lot. This, genre of ads feels like someone glommed on to the intergenerational insight part of whatever the brief was. And, you know, in the case of the Tide ad, it's millennials moving back in with their parents. Totally. But somehow also moving back in their parents with their children in tow which is not usually how that narrative goes. <laughs> like, usually those millennials don't have kids yet. But so, okay, interesting. It keeps the f- 1950s mother, like, the wisdom of the elders insight. Yes, yes. You know, so it's, it's the modern-day boomerang family, but with that old, like, you yes. gotta ask mom, mom knows. Yes, choosing we, moms choose Jeff's like exactly. the moms who know better know the right brand. Exactly. And and we do have to layer in the concept. Tide is very committed to this. It seems uh, very committed to the concept that men also do laundry. Yes. Um, and so they show you a lot of men doing laundry across their With ads. a smile. With a smile. And, you know, so there's that flavor of the of the insights right a- about what's going on amongst the generations and what what parts of culture do we want to preserve or not preserve meet the jennifers is about young professional women with money of their own and yada yada <laughs> and so and what do they realistically spend some money on and who would be a good financial partner for them well it's chase bank obviously in the case of coinbase this is a grievance ad like this is straight up we're pissed off at the system. The system was doing great for everybody until we came along. Twenty yeah, something, and, and Coinbase represents something that's not quite the system. Yeah, although yeah. it's pretty system adjacent. It's pretty system adjacent. Yeah, yeah. And the, the people who are going to make the most money off of these uh, products are not going to be in their twenties. Uh, <laughs> they're just not. Sorry, guys. Um, no. the, the interesting exception here being like the the Australia Day one is, and and this seems to just sort of be the theme of Australia Day is some kind of reconvening, coming together, mending offenses. We have more in common than separates us. General idea, and and so like one's taking an optimistic view. Uh, one's taking a really pessimistic view uh, in a certain way. I mean, I suppose you could cast it as optimistic in a kind of Batman sensibility. <laughs> I don't know why Batman came to mind, but it had it has He's always in mind. It has like the system <laughs> needs to be overthrown vibes, and for some reason, Batman gives me that. That's not his thing. Well, but he's not, uh, he's not really like uh, leaving it to the cops, right? <laughs> he's not trying to fix the system. He's trying to be the a system, vigilante. I guess. He is a vigilante. He is a vigilante. That is what DC Comics are all about. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but there, it's interesting to see all these different, like, well, how do we want to approach the generational warfare storyline? Do we want it to be conciliatory? Do we want it to be, well, it is what it is, but we all, you know, but we, the boomers, know best. <laughs> do we want it to be, you know, fuck the man kind of stuff? Or is it just like, do do do? We're just ladies of different generations spending exactly. money on stuff. We're all making our way in the world like a '90s sitcom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it would have been better if they just spoofed episodes of of Girlfriends, which I really think someone should just bring back Girlfriends. But anyway. why not? Yeah. It never went off in my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's on a loop right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Upstairs, your kids are just strapped to chairs, being forced to watch girlfriend. Do not look away. Yes, but it, it it feels like you know this is now. I, I, you know, I feel like one of the things we've been building towards is just this, like the way that the narratives get sold to the people they are trying to describe, and seeing it so baldly in advertising, I think really reinforces that sense. Yeah. It also makes it feel like maybe it's all kind of jumping the shark. Like by the time it gets into advertising, isn't it kind of over? That's the question. Usually yeah. that's where trends go to die. That's so true. we'll see. I have a feeling that the lamb ad might be the old spice man of this year where oh. when uh oh no. Ever, the Isaiah try to do it. Old Spice Man, the man your man could smell like was the name of the commercial. Uh-huh. 
when that commercial came out for the next year, every product aimed towards young men was a guy walking left to right across the screen through changes of scenes and yes. crazy unexpected occurrences happening to them and it, trying to make it feel like a different idea. So hold on tight. As we get another batch of these, we'll come back and, and do some more fun making. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> <Maybe not. laughs> All right. Well, I think we've beaten these for dead horses <laughs> as hard Even as we further can. To death. <laughs> but yeah, well, well, we will obviously keep watching um, how these stories keep getting reified in pop culture. And uh, and do we have a plan for next week? Do we know what we want to talk about next time? Not sure yet. Uh, no, I actually don't know. Are we do? Oh, yes, we do know what we're talking about next time. <laughs> what? Which thing are we talking about? We're talking the about piece. the Huntington piece. All right, nice. Yeah, that's a nice tease. Ooh, I gotta get that bug. bug <laughs> you need a gargle. Yeah. Your, your voice is going to be hoarse at the end of that one. All right. Yes. All right. Until next time. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Great to see you. In the Demo is written and hosted by Farah Bostic and Adam Pierno, with support from the Difference Engine, edited by Allison Preisinger and Amp Studio, with production support from Ashley Darrington. Music used with permission by Omega Man under the Creative Commons license. Go to InTheDemoPodcast.com for behind-the-scenes research, supporting information, and transcripts. If you'd like to support the show, please rate, review, and share the show with people you think will appreciate it. Thanks for listening.